If you can write it and believe it, then you can create it and achieve it. Hello and welcome to Mindfully Thrive with me, your host, Ella Humphreys. This is the podcast that celebrates the present, the joy in where we are, the journey it's taken to get here and the ability to see our greatness for the future. We celebrate female founders, adventure seekers and creative entrepreneurs who are building their dreams alongside raising babies and any other life commitments that can so easily distract us from the path we truly desire. This is a podcast about coming back to who we are in this life and that our dreams, goals and ambitions are valid and possible while also being a loving and present parent. This week's quote is an original spoken by my very special guest today, Nicole Lynette. Nicole was one of my first guests to agree to come on the show. Finally, we pinned down a date and got it in the bag to record this beautiful, enriching conversation about the not-so-simple yet profound art of journaling. This is also an extra special episode as it's my birthday week. Yesterday was my birthday and I feel it poignant to have Nicole Lynette with me today. Turning 45 and obviously on these big days I miss my mum more than ever. But here I am celebrating episode 9 of a podcast I intended to launch today. My mother was a journal writer her entire life and I feel this episode in memory of her is no coincidence at all that it falls on my birthday week. Nicole Annette is a boy mum, wife, nature lover, coffee and herbal tea drinker, writer, mentor and introverted deep thinker. She's the creative CEO of Journal Junkie, a journal coaching and publishing company and hosts the Journal Coaching Podcast. Nicole has been journaling for over 30 years and enjoys teaching her community how to use the transformative power of the intentional journaling practice to create the flourishing life and business they desire. Her mission is to create safe space for women to find their voice and nourish themselves through writing for self-awareness so they can flourish and nourish those they love, care and serve. So this one's for you, Mum. Please welcome the wonderful Nicole Annette to Mindfully Thrive. Welcome to Mindfully Thrive. Hello, good to be here. I'm so grateful, so excited for this conversation. Yeah, me too. Uh, So before we get absorbed into the conversation, what are you grateful for today? Today, I am grateful for the sunshine. I just literally came in the house from being out there with the boys. And I was inspired today by a friend named Angie, who's a life coach. And she was like, I just was feeling so many negative emotions that she went outside and just sat and noticed. And so I took her advice and I did the same thing. And we just discovered so many woodpeckers and squirrels and just different things that we don't really see all of the time. And so that was just really nice, just sitting in the sun, looking around, being mindful and being still and just appreciating the present moment. So I'm really charged right now, thanks to the weather. Yeah. So whereabouts are you? I am in North Carolina, which is they call it Southeast in USA. So very nice. And what does thrive mean to you? Oh my goodness. I love the word thrive. 
because it's connected to my favorite word, which is flourish. And I think a person who is thriving, a woman who is thriving is when she knows what she wants and what she needs and also how to give it to herself internally without looking for external resources. And so it's in my work, in my life, I try to look at every single area of my life, you know, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and just kind of feel, am I, am I where I need to be right now? How aligned do I feel? How connected do I feel to my core values and to the life that I am creating for myself? And so when I'm walking in that alignment, when I am able to see when I'm off, my thoughts are off or my emotions may not be in alignment, just being able to check in and connect with that and then to reverse that and give myself what I need. I think that's what it means to be able to fully thrive. And then when you're able to thrive or flourish, then you'll be able to nourish those we love and care for and serve. And so I think it's such a huge and important concept to adopt into our lives. Yeah, Definitely. I agree wholeheartedly. And you said it so beautifully. Lovely. And so what would an ideal morning look like in the world of Nicole? Friday morning was not today. <laughs> <laughs> I say ideal. <laughs> woke me up today at 7.15 a.m. And my ideal morning is waking up around 5.30 a.m. This is my routine. That was mm-hmm. a perfect morning like you refer yeah. to is what happens. So I'm up. I have my writing practice, which I do every single morning. And that's gratitude. That is, for me, prayer and thanksgiving. That's meditation. That is writing the first thoughts in my mind for the day, fleshing those out, and then planning my day. And then I have tea, and I walk out into our backyard, which is gorgeous. And I just kind of have a moment with the pup, and we're just walking quietly, noticing for about 20 minutes. And that is when the morning is just perfect for me. Wow. How long would you say you really need time-wise for you to feel like you're fully nourished to begin the day, welcoming those that you love and everyone else in the household? How how much time do you give yourself for that? Yeah, time has been something that's been on my mind lately. Especially for me, it begins with time to sleep. And so mm-hmm. I've just realized that I'm a highly sensitive person and the need is sleep for me. That's how I recharge. And so the eight hours, the nine hours, maybe even 10 hours is so important because without that rest, mm-hmm. even if I have my morning routine, I really am not where my cup is not full. Mm-hmm. And so that is the first step for me to make sure that I have that rest that I need. And then just having an hour or two of silence, for me, I can just thrive in two hours of complete silence. And so having that in the morning Hmm. is perfect for me. And then I have that in the middle of my day. So like now it's 2.30, 2.30 to 4.30 is my quiet moment. So I tell my children, this is mommy's quiet hours. Hmm. And you have to respect that. And so do something quietly for two 
hours, hour and a half, two hours, and then I can recharge for the afternoon for the evening because my household is very wild in a good way. <laughs> and yeah. so I have to replenish myself constantly in this season. So you've really built your boundaries and and the children then respect that and appreciate and understand that that's a necessity for you. Do your children, are they still, are you homeschooling them still at the moment or? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Four and nine, two boys. Yeah. Yeah. Big difference in age and learning. I have a nine-year-old and a 10-year-old at home. So it's quite a similar age for me, but the four and the nine quite a difference there so I discovered you Nicole about a couple of years ago really I think it must be now I've been following you for quite a while and your posts are really inspiring and I do feel really connected to your message especially since my mum was a big big journal writer she I've got all of her old journals here Uh, could you share with us just a little bit about what you're working on and what you do at the moment sure it's funny that you asked me this question because I have been like in this process of pivoting my business. I've been in business for 13 years and it's been more of a product-based business, which I have thoroughly loved. But now I feel such a heart tug and a calling to serve my community on a more, a deeper level. And so I am pivoting to a kind of group coaching, one-on-one coaching, you know, just kind of leaning more towards that. And so what I'm offering now is called the journaling intensives. And that is, for me, I work with a lot of women. And so just sitting with a woman, a heart-centered woman who is facing chaos or overwhelm or frustration in her life, frustration and overwhelm has just been my nemesis for the last 20 years. And so I've always been fighting through these emotions and these feelings and these states. And so I'm really just drawn towards women who are also feeling those same emotions and mm-hmm. um, just allowing them to have a space to find their voice, to see what they need, to create those boundaries, to get in touch with her core values and to be able to have a journaling strategy. I'm very much into strategizing the concept of journaling, which is kind of different. You know, mm. we use it to just write our thoughts or our dreams or our hopes. But I feel like it's such a powerful tool, you know, mm. that it can we can use it to create our lives. I love teaching about how to yeah. use journaling to create the life that you want to create for yourself, a life of peace and calm and a life where you can flourish and be proud to, to live it, you know, without always being overwhelmed and just burn out and frustrated. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I'm offering. And then I offer the flourish community where women could deep dive together in a group setting and you have writing circles and just connecting in that um, wow. regard with the point of flourishing. Wonderful. And especially for me this week, so much has been about sisterhood coming together mm-hmm. and women supporting women that's a beautiful way of of highlighting that so how did you evolve into becoming the journal junkie what is it could you share your a little bit of your journey so um it started in 2008 and i'm from north northern usa so ohio 
which is about nine hours from where I am now. And so mm-hmm. I got married. My husband's from this area and I got married and I didn't have a job. And so before we got married, my husband was laid off 30 days before we tied the knot. And wow. so we both didn't have income and we had just gotten married. So we just got a nice apartment, just got a new car. And it's, okay, like, what do we do? And so he had like maybe part-time on-call jobs, but it wasn't really paying the bills. And so I had a bad habit and the bad habit was buying journals. And so one day we were in the kitchen he's like, babe, I know you love to buy journals, but really we can't afford your journal habit. And so he said, what if you try to make them instead? And so I had a friend who sold on the Etsy platform and she had told me about Etsy a while ago. And so I just went to like our local craft store and um, just pasted on covers on journals and set up an Etsy shop. And surprisingly, that is what paid the bills for the first three months of our marriage. That's incredible. No experience, anything, just... We need to do something. And so that kind of got my foot into um, online sales and business. And I began to establish the brand of Journal Junkie. And it's greatly evolved throughout the years. A few years ago, about seven years ago, I became extremely sick unto death. And I was sick for about a year and a lot of physical um, ailments and manifestation of ailments. And when mm-hmm. I finally went to the doctor, I had a, a accelerated form of Graves disease, which is a thyroid condition. And um, so long story short, I dealt with that for two years without treatment. And so at one point I had to get treatment and the only treatment available for me was radiation at that time. And so I took the radiation treatment and that I had to be isolated for 10 business days during that treatment. I keep saying 10 business days, 10 days without any human contact. And so at that time of isolation, all I had was, say, my pen, my journal, and God. That's all I had. My husband wasn't here. My newborn son was in Ohio. And so I really dig deep about who I was as a person, what Mm -hmm. voice I wanted to, you know, connect with, you know, am I living my ideal truth or am I just living um, the truth everyone else wants to see? You know, what is my reality right now? What am I here for? What am I giving? What am I offering? And so really begin to deep dive uh, with my pen and paper to find my own answers and through that journey of 10 days, I was, be, I was able to bloom and to flourish into, it took me a while after that, but to the woman I am today, I lost a lot of myself in that time, a lot of my confidence, a lot of my self-esteem, a lot of self-respect, and just the disease just messed with me all the way around. And just the writing was my tether back to myself. And so that was my beginning of intentional journaling or what I call purpose journaling and then working with that. And I began to share that with my community and write my own journals and my business pivoted for the first time. And that's when it began to really take off. When I began to help other women 
um, and allow them to be vulnerable through my vulnerability and give them that permission to speak out and speak their truth. And then let's write together to tether yourself to what's inside. I think that is so important. And so that is where my mission started and the passion that I have of helping other women connect with their hearts through the pen and paper. So that's kind of the journey and it's greatly evolved and shifted since then, but just following the piece, you know, in the journey. Yeah. Wow. That's so like your best friend came alive for you in that moment, your pen Mm -hmm. and paper. Exactly. Uh, Had you always been a writer as a child? Did you used to journal? Yes, I was always a writer. I have my first diary still from nine years old. It was a birthday present. And um, I've always just loved pencil, paper. My first business was like making art drawings and selling them on our street corner at five years old. And so I always have loved the tactile feeling of pen and paper Mm -hmm. and creating anything with paper and writing. So yeah, it's followed me for the last 40 years or so. Me too. And did you do you remember your parents writing and keeping journals? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My dad is a writer. Yes. My mom is a writer as well. Wow. And so, okay. Yeah. De- my journaling definitely came from my mom modeling and seeing my mom constantly writing. And one of my daughters is a writer. Well, evolving into being a writer I think the other one not so much but yeah yeah, it's nice that it becomes something that you see and recognize in your children and yourself from your parents I have a question for you yeah go ahead are you a firstborn no I have a older sir an older brother we're about 15 months apart all right is your daughter a firstborn yeah, no. Well, I have, she's kind of a firstborn, but no, I have a 28 year old. Well, I think he's going to be 29 now, a 10 year old and a nine year old. Okay. So okay. my 29 year old, he's never lived with the girls because he was already moved out and doing his thing when my 10 year old came along. Even though when we mm-hmm. get together, they're very connected. Megan, the oldest, feels right. like she's the older child, really, right. of the two in the household. Do you think that well, plays, a, plays a role? Yeah. Well, in my research, that's what I found. And I found that firstborns, for some reason, have that connection with pen and paper. And so it's, all, it's either the firstborns or the last child. And so it's just interesting how um, and women? that's the pattern I've seen in women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, that's interesting, you know. Yeah, definitely. So journaling's always been there and quite an important role in your life. Mm-hmm. And you would you say that that moment then was quite dramatic for you, traumatic, that it actually led you onto this journey? Like there was that oh. pivotal moment in your life where journaling actually played a crucial part, even though it had been part of your life mm-hmm. all along in that moment of crisis, let's say it's when you really found how important it was for you or, or it was always important. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. It was just something I love doing. I love handwriting, okay. mm-hmm. the motion of handwriting, but it became powerful. And the saying that I say is your words become real 
when you write them. That was so evident in my life. Here's a, a quick backstory was at that time, I hate to say this, but this is part of our journey and we grow from this, right? But I was a very self-centered woman back in my younger 20s. And mm-hmm. I was very much so my, myself, my way, my family, my children. I don't need any help. Thank you very much. I was a very much so a go-getter and just not very open. I'm an introvert classically. And so just not very open to um, people coming into my life. Okay. Very private. Well, at that time, and I was new to the area as well. And so I left my family and friends. And so I was a loner. So at that time, um, I witnessed the outpouring of love from my community and from um, our family and our friends. And I could not cook or anything in that 10 day period. And so they brought our breakfast, lunch, and dinner for me and my husband. And they would knock on the door, leave the meal on the threshold. I will open the door and bend down, pick up the meal and wave through the window. Thank you. Or just the act of bending down on the threshold to get my meal for me was a very humbling experience. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I began. Like, why am I feeling like this is so humbling for me to bend down and pick up this meal and then say thank you? And it was hard because I had to need other people Mm -hmm. in my life at that time. And so when I saw such an outpouring of love through the manifestation of giving, I began to question myself, like, what am I giving? You know, well, who am I inspiring? What am I creating to make the world and my circle of people better? And so definitely, if, I've, if I did not stop to question myself, I may have still be self-centered and mm-hmm. focused on me and, you know, and just not be this overflowing person of love that I've become and just wanting to reach out and connect with others and just try to serve. So mm-hmm. I definitely, that was definitely a pivotal moment in my life. It takes a huge amount of self-awareness and, mm-hmm. and to break it down and then move on from that, not just even acknowledging it, but actually deciding that this is not how you want to be and you want to be able to do something about that. Right. Work through that. Well done. <laughs> This would be the moment in the show that I like to call the segment of inspirational pause. So inspo pause, where maybe you could share with us some things that you've been reading and watching. Uh, what, so what are you reading at the moment? Do you, are you a reader as much as a writer? I am, but I have not taken time to sit down with a book in a long time. So right now, my thing is audible because mm-hmm. Audible Books is working for me at the moment. And what I'm currently reading the second time around is a book by Meadow DeBoer. She's an Amazon writer. And her book is The Worthy Project. And so that has been so eye-opening on a number, number of levels. Mm-hmm. And she talks about the worthy cycle and how we can put ourselves in the worthy cycle and out of the worthy cycle by the habits and the choices that we make. And so I look around my life and everything I do, I ask myself, why am I doing this? Is this putting me in the worthy cycle? Is it adding to my self-worth? 
or is it taking away from my self-worth? And so it's a very powerful book, very easy to implement and understand. So that's what I'm loving right now. Thank you for that. Sounds right up my street. Would you say that you spend uh, time relaxing watching TV or films? Well, we don't have a TV. We are, I'm just like, we're not having a TV. We're just going to read books, kind of old fashioned, and go outside. So no, we don't have a TV. The boys may watch videos every now and then, but I don't watch anything. Wow. That's amazing. And who would you say that you are inspired by maybe on Instagram or whatever social network as a follow that you might recommend for us to go check out? That's a hard question. Does anyone stand out for you? Oh my goodness, so many women. All of you all are so inspiring. I check out you all stuff every single day. But what's popping into my mind right now is three are three names. Mm-hmm. The first mm-hmm. is Let's Write Life. Mm-hmm. And she's an amazing mm-hmm. writer, journaler. She definitely um, inspires her readers to to journal from the beginning. So she starts from the way beginning um, into self-awareness. And then just she just teaches you from the beginning, like how to pick a pen and paper and pick up your journal. So I love her journey. She has a really interesting journey. Um, her name is Latanya. And then, let me see, I don't know if you have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to your podcast, but my coach, Ash, Ashton, mm-hmm. um, Ashton Long, she is an incredible woman and she just has this wonderful desire to just connect women um, around heart-centered business. And so I love her. Um, I have another coach who is Ashley Henry. And these women inspire me like every single day. And so um, they come to mind. They definitely come to mind. Great. So many That's perfect. And some something that you're listening to? Do you listen to podcasts? Or would you say the books that you've been listening to lately? I listen to a lot of podcasts. But I think um, The Worthy Project, Project is really what I'm focusing on. I can like you recommend new- a podcast? Yeah, what's your favorite? My favorite one is the Life Coach School podcast. Like I drink up everything she says. So again, there's so many more, but she pops into my mind first. That's perfect. And any apps or tools, gadgets or journals that you would recommend? Something that you're using? Yeah, definitely. Journal Junkie. (laughs) There you go. Etsy, is it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We'll put a link down below in the show notes. Yeah, um, really, I use my own journals. Yeah. And so I no longer... Well, that was the objective at the beginning, no? (laughs) Exactly, yeah, yeah. Well, that's wonderful. To know that you actually use your own, it means that you definitely recommend them. Oh, yeah. So, very good. Thank you for all of those. We'll link everything that we've talked about in the show notes. Coming back into the present day, you're a mom of two boys, you're a coach, you run a business. How do you find balance to manage it all and time manage what things need to be done throughout the day? Mm-hmm. Great question. I love talking about balance because it seems like it is just something that we can never attain to. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe that. I believe that we can acquire balance. But I think about balance in a different way. 
a quick story is I, I was taking a speech class and I was presenting in front of our group of about 30 people. And as I was speaking, the instructor came over and she pushed me. And when she pushed me, I fell off balance in front of all those people. And we were looking like, what? What are you doing? And so she said, you are off balance because you don't have a strong core. So she told me how to stand grounded and centered and tighten my core and to hold my place as I was speaking. And then she came and kind of nudged me again, and I was able to keep my balance. And so I think of life as a way to keep your balance instead of keeping everything in balance. And for me, keeping my balance means that my core values are engaged at all times. And for me, my core value is peace. And so most of the time, 90% of the time, I follow peace. And so whatever leads towards that way, that's what I'm doing. If it's taking my peace away, I cannot engage in that. And that is something I recently have created boundaries around my core value of peace. And so I wake up, my children come first. So if I cannot get to an Etsy order at that moment, then it will have to go until tomorrow. I can email you and tell you I'm going to be late. I'm sorry, but you know, this comes first. Or if I'm on Instagram and someone is talking to me or, you know, Mm -hmm. I just cannot respond at this moment or something else happens, the house cannot get clean this moment. We're going outside and get fresh air because we are getting overwhelmed, frustrated and feeling burnt out. And so following the peace, again, having my core value engaged throughout the day, that is how I find balance um, in my day and in my week. And how did you find or discover or realize that peace was your core value? How do you work out which core values? Mm -hmm. Well, I always ask myself, what do I want more of in life right now in this season? And then what do I want less of? And I believe that our negative emotions are simply indicators to letting us know what we need in the moment. And so as I was tapping into what I want less of, it was the things that was causing me the overwhelm, the frustration, the burnout feelings, the stress. And so all of that on a daily basis, it just has to go. And so what I was seeking was peace, just peace in my day as I just continue throughout the day. And so that's how I found it, just asking myself that question, what do I want more of? What do I want less of? And then wondering why I wanted the less, the less, and then giving myself more of what I wanted. Excellent. That's excellent for people to go away and have a good think about and journal about those things that are coming up for them. And so how would you recharge your own source of energy We've talked a little bit. I imagine a lot of it is getting out in nature. What would you say are things that help you when you're feeling depleted? Well, I go out into nature. We have a wooded, huge lot in our backyard. So I go out into the woods. Yeah. And um, just sitting there with the trees, that's one thing. With my tea, um, definitely writing quiet, just complete silence. People are afraid to to, um, sit in silence. And for me, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think we can all benefit from just sitting quietly and sitting Mm -hmm. still in silence. And then um, on a practical point, going to our local Starbucks and getting an Americano with a chocolate croissant. 
and just eating that slowly, <laughs> enjoying that, that definitely helps to recharge my battery. And would you say then journaling was a part of self-care as a practice? Mm-hmm. And how oh, so? Well, there's a way to journal, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say uh, an empowering way to journal and a disempowering way to journal. And a lot of people don't focus on the wrong way to journal. But when you journal in an empowering way, again, that is checking into what we need and understanding our needs on a basic level in every capacity of our lives. And so I think just being able to, when we write, that creates a relationship with ourselves. And in any relationship, the more you get to know yourself, the more you get to know someone, you begin to love them. Maybe not fall in love with them, but at least to love them and to respect them. And so writing is powerful because once you establish that relationship with yourself, you begin to understand what you need, understand yourself, and then you begin to love yourself. And so that self-love is the highest form, in my opinion, of self-care. And again, being able to have that outlet or that practice where you can check in to see what do I need, you know, just talking to yourself on that level definitely is. And do you think it's important to make it a daily practice or a regular practice? Or like, how does consistency play its part in the journaling as self-care? Well, for me, knowing that I have it to come to, so knowing when I'm feeling off or feeling those disempowering emotions, knowing that I have my journal and pen there as an outlet, as a way for me to write to myself and see what needs doing. Um, I think just having a consistent practice, it just it just has, a, you know, just like building a relationship. Again, mm-hmm. consistency builds relationship. And so if I talk to a friend today and we don't talk again tomorrow, we're not going to have any kind of relationship within the next couple of years because we never take time to sit and talk to ourselves, well, to each other. And so taking that time to consistently sit, that's developing relationship. And in the practice that I, I believe in an effective practice, that relationship is what is produced through journaling. So you don't have to do it every single day or multiple times a day like I do, but at least knowing that that is your way of speaking to yourself Mm -hmm. um, through pen and paper. So definitely, I think consistency is what's most important. Um, From a practical point of view, now, if I just show you on my tiny desk here, I've got like three journals going on Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I... I don't think any are actually finished finished I I have this habit of just starting a new journal and it feels a little bit chaotic I kind of feel like I need to develop that structure of commitment <laughs> to one loved one before moving on to the next loved one <laughs> there you go I love that yes what are the ways that we can use journaling maybe for overcoming like maybe a specific struggle like let's say fear or feeling stuck for someone who maybe isn't accustomed to keeping a journal or using writing as a tool to help themselves heal. 
Well, I think that a person who is not familiar with journaling, I think prompt and guided journals are absolutely helpful to get their creativity um, juices flowing. For me, to solve any problem that I have, I use a four-step process, and I've shared it multiple times on Instagram. And this is what I call the Flourish Framework that I use in my, in my business. And it's self-awareness, intention, purposeful action, and then reflection. And so in self-awareness, it's just sitting down and just asking a simple question. What do I need right now? Mm-hmm. And I think that can open up a wealth of information if we're willing to sit with the truth that shows up on pen and paper. If for intention, I ask myself again, what do I need more of or less of in my life right now? Um, and then writing through those prompts. Those are my favorite prompts ever. And I use them consistently to check in with myself. And then under purposeful action, what do I need to do right now in this season? Or what's the first step I can take right now? Or what is in my control right now? And then just focusing on now, being mindful of what is now, what is present. I think that is so helpful. And then self-reflection is just a simple prompt of what is working right now? What is not working? And can I create one simple shift to move me closer to my goal of whatever or my outcome of whatever? And so I consistently use that kind of four step Mm -hmm. model when I'm trying to work through a situation in my life. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Would you suggest then that people um, try not to question what's coming up for them too much? So just to write down what is instantly coming to their mind without trying to analyze it or construct it in a certain way. And yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's so hard for people. I like to talk about the beginner's mind, which Mm -hmm. is looking at something without expectation and based on our past experience. And so just looking at your writing and just observing it and just being curious about what's showing up without judgment. When you start putting judgment into your writing, that's when journaling becomes dangerous. Mm -hmm. And then you find yourself meditating and then oftentimes leading to deeper depression or a deeper, um, you know, getting to deeper negative emotions. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, definitely just writing for curiosity's sake, just looking at what shows up and just asking yourself, hmm, that's interesting. pause button. Begin by bringing your attention into your body. You can close your eyes if that's comfortable for you. You can notice your body seated wherever you're sitting or standing and your feet rooting to the ground. Feeling the weight of your body on the chair or on the floor. Take a few deep breaths. As you take a deep breath, bring more oxygen, enlivening the body. And as you exhale, have a sense of relaxing more deeply. You can notice your feet on the floor. Notice the sensations of your feet touching the floor, the weight and the pressure, the vibration, the heat. 
Now moving up, noticing your legs. Maybe they're against the chair, the pressure. Are they pulsing? Is there a sense of heaviness or lightness? Now moving up again and noticing your back against the chair. If you're standing, noticing the fabric of your clothes in contact with your back. Bringing your attention into the stomach area. Notice if your stomach is tense or tight. Just let it soften, taking a breath. Notice your hands, or your hands tense or tight? See if you can allow them to soften. Noticing your arms. Feel any sensation in your arms and let your shoulders be soft. Noticing your neck and your throat. Let them be soft, relax. Soften your jaw and let your face and facial muscles be soft. Notice your whole body present. Taking one more breath in through the nose, gently out through the mouth. Be aware of your whole body as best you can. Taking in another breath. And when you're ready, you can begin to open your eyes and continue with this episode. So if people are writing and journaling and they're finding that they're not sitting well with it or they're feeling uncomfortable or it's creating sort of difficult emotions afterwards, would you say they might want to seek some guidance with their journaling skills and practices? Look for a coach maybe like yourself that might be able to guide them in a more positive way lighter direction yes I agree with that Ella because I think that journaling um it can serve you but again it can also I call it it could be dangerous um because it can lead especially if you have like really deep-seated challenges and hurts and traumas from the past that may need more professional help but I do believe that journaling can even trump therapeutic help like professional therapy if you know how to do it right and so um, when that resistance comes, an easy way to an easy way to approach resistance is just getting off the topic and just asking yourself, why am I feeling this resistance? Or what would I rather think about right now? Or what would I rather um, say right now or whatever? If, I, if my friend was facing this resistance right now, what would I tell her? But kind of get the focus off of you because the deep mm-hmm. work does get, um, it feels very heavy. And if you're not accustomed to the deep work, then it, it can be very overwhelming. And so, and always stop. You can always yeah. stop when you're journaling. Your journaling practice serves you. You don't serve your practice. 
And so you don't have to have the ideal practice. You don't have to sit and stick with it all the time. There's been times I've gone months without journaling because Mm -hmm. the topics were too heavy. And so when I'm able to sit and process effectively, then I've gone back to the page. But there's nothing wrong with stepping away Mm -hmm. and just reset yourself before you go on, before you go back to writing well definitely great and out of curiosity do you read back over your journals I really don't because I know what's in there like goal journals for my business journals to kind of see how far I've come I keep about five journals a day and so I may buy one journal to write about that situation and to process all of what's going on in that book. And those I never look back on. I won't ever, I won't ever open it. I'm just in support. So I literally opened the journal and kind of read some things that I, I was facing. And that was very vulnerable, but that helped her. But I've never opened it again. Like it's been years 15 20 years yeah I don't want to burn them I was about to say do you keep your journals I do keep them but I've been kind of on the fence of do I want to burn this or what and to me it's it's my story so do they make sense to other people yes I write very cohesively okay some folks just write you know random things for me I write a story so you can really follow a good juicy story <laughs> in my, my journals. Like I said, I have a, in this house about 50 of my mum's journals. And in yeah. the other house, I don't know, even know how many. And she has different types of writing. So she channeled a lot. So her handwriting physically changes when she's channeling what she's writing. And that seems to be much more cohesive in a way, even though it's hard to read her handwriting. Obviously, she was writing really quickly. And then the other thoughts and her everyday kind of diary, as it were, I suppose, um, is very different. But I'm not sure how... They're not referenced or tracked. There's no sort of bullet journaling system. Sometimes there's a date. Do you always put a date? If I remember, that's very important to me to put a date Mm -hmm. and a time and a place. And do you bullet journal? You don't track it back and make an index? And <laughs> I don't have time for no. that. I tried it and it's cute. But I tried oh no. it once. <laughs> no. <laughs> it did not work for me. <laughs> okay. So you've recommended a few sort of steps for doing the work from a more, um, let's say, deeper level, especially if you're sort of tackling something that's more of a struggle. What about just a general sort of way of beginning to create a regular habit? Well, you know, just just the regular about your day. What three things stuck out with you in your day? What beautiful things have you noticed today? What inspiring conversation did you have? Who um, in your life is your greater greatest support? You know, what are you loving right now? Like you said earlier, what are you listening to? What are you reading right now? What's bringing you joy? How are you um, 
cultivating creativity in your life, just looking around to just answering mm. any, and this is very helpful as well for self-awareness. You know, just mm. Noticing what do I want right now? How are changes, our um, taste buds change and mm. just how we're changing in every season. What does spring mean to you? What does that, how does that move you, the different seasons? So just looking around and being curious about your environment, those are often wonderful prompt questions. I think that is wonderful because I do think there are many people out there that have never written and put pen to paper as and looked inside themselves for those answers and questioned who they are and how they approach things and how they're feeling. So, I mean, many like right. gratitude is a massive thing and it is out there. People are aware of the importance of gratitude. So even maybe if there is a bit of trepidation and insecurity about putting pen to paper I had a friend actually not long ago asking me how can she start the process and even just starting maybe with lists or just doing the gratitude lists and keeping it sort of comfortable no so that you gently ease yourself into it definitely yeah I agree with that I started with lists myself and I'm really a list writer um primarily so um yeah, definitely. Lists about everything is a good start. Mm-hmm. Would you suggest or that they... Like... Sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, even the words you read in a book, if a sentence sticks out with you or a prompt or a quote, write that down and write about mm. why did you enjoy what this person said, you know? Yeah. Mm. Great. Do you, Would you like your boys to be journal keepers? Yes. They, um, my oldest son is a writer. He loves to write. My youngest son, he doesn't yet write. He's just learning his, how to write his yeah. ABCs. Yeah. But um, they have notebooks. I've created notebooks for them with their names on them. And so they're constantly writing and drawing in there. And my oldest son, I'm working with him, working through emotions. How do you feel? Go draw it out. Go mm-hmm. write it out. Write down what you're feeling. I think a lot of men need to have that outlet of expressing and processing emotions and so that's important for me to show them how to do that via journaling so yeah definitely that's wonderful and finally what is the one piece of advice or thoughts that you want your boys to carry in their hearts forever what message would you like them to remember their mum always told them Hmm. this is a beautiful question if you ask them right now they would tell you that I always tell them to keep your integrity. No matter what, keep your integrity and own your truth. I think so many times our society and the world tries to shift us from our personal truths and our foundations. And so holding on tightly to what we believe and being able to express that without fear, or if you you have fear, still expressing it, and be able to hold on to that in the whatever shifts may come your way, just keeping your integrity. Yeah. That's beautiful. So Nicole, could you share with the listeners how they can find you and what you've got going on at the moment? Any courses or workshops? Sure. I hang out in my favorite spot, which is Instagram and it's Instagram slash journal junkie with the Y. And then you can also find me on my website, which is www.letswriteforachange.com. And um, what we're offering now is we're revamping our business. And so we're offering 
Um, the Flourish community will open its doors in the next couple of months. And so that's kind of the, the excitement right now going on. Plugging away on Instagram, offering our stories, sharing our voice, and hoping to inspire a few folks here and there. And so you can find us there. And your Etsy store? Oh, yeah, my Etsy store. <laughs> Etsy, um, again, my handle is Journal Junkie with a Y. And all of my links are available at Insta- in Instagram. Excellent. So you can find there. Yeah. Great. Thank you for that. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. It's been an absolute blessing to have you here today. I feel like it's been a real treat. Yeah, same here, Ella. Thank you so much. What came to mind as we sat and chatted was the idea that the hero doesn't necessarily arise out of a crisis, rather than the crisis brings out the hero that was there all along. Nicole's ability in that moment of sickness to recognise how far she had lost herself, the humbling experience of seeing herself in that way is not ideal, but honest and without judgement, just as it is. In that process of leaning in and accepting the whole of who you are, without judgement, but with recognition for wanting to make changes, approaching it with compassion and loving kindness can create the impulse necessary to go all in, to focus and prioritise your own love and healing. Almost out of the need over anything else, pushing you into developing the habits necessary for change to foster. But maybe from these conversations you will find the inspiration to start moving in the direction of healing and change before sickness arises in our body. Starting a journal practice will increase your self-awareness. Taking the time to understand yourself, the most important person in the entire world. The process moves through the different layers of self-healing, from self-awareness to self-understanding, and self-discovery by questioning your beingness, the life you're currently living, who you are and how you're behaving, but also who you want to be. Doing this work helps create avenues for self-expression. In this process you may discover the love you have for writing, painting or any creative outlet that allows you to express yourself fully. When we're engaging in forms of self-expression, we begin to feel more confident and empowered from within. As Nicole shares with us, developing a relationship with yourself will lead to self-love. Over a consistent practice, this is the highest form of self-care. You will develop a way of speaking to yourself with kindness and compassion. By privately opening up your heart to yourself, you will become nourished enough to share this enriched and nourished version of yourself with others. So be curious about yourself, investigate your personal world, look inwards more than outwards. Living mindfully is paying attention on purpose in this present moment, without judgement. This includes you, your thoughts and behaviours. Number two, intention. What do I need more of or less of right now? Number three, personal action. What do I need to do right now or what's the first step I can take right now? And number four, self-reflection. What is working right now? Nicole is special to me as she is deeply passionate about the journaling and its empowering potential. Like I mentioned at the beginning, my mum was a lifelong journal writer, poet and long-time wannabe published author. Sadly, she passed away before she found the confidence and courage to speak up and brave the opinions of others. She felt like she never had anything of importance to say. 
This quite clearly was her own thoughts and judgments. I'm slowly beginning to make my way through her writings. Initially it felt too painful, hard work even. They are not an easy read. There is pain and suffering, but there's also hope and wisdom. All of it necessary to understand oneself. Now these journals would be the things I'd grab if ever there were a fire. They are full of her, her passion, her voice, and maybe just one day I'll put her voice out into the world in the form of a published book. So contemplate putting pen to paper this week. Perhaps write a few more lists. Write about your goals and adventures you will one day take. Take note of your dreams or journal after silent contemplation. As I keep reminding myself and my girls, the answers are all inside of you. Find the stillness and the space to hear or write out the answers. I truly hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have. I'd like to thank you from my heart for joining me here again for these inspirational conversations with women who are building their dreams into their lives one moment at a time. And I'm really looking forward to sharing with you yet another super interesting conversation with the fabulous Lauren Derrett from Where Am Out, the eco-friendly, body-friendly and hip and happening new way to period with sustainable sanitary towels. So join us here next week for another episode of Mindfully Thrive. Until then, have a wonderful week. All the love.